how climate change accelerates the danger of worldwide fascism. The government of the Netherlands fell last week. The issue that tipped it over the edge was immigration driven by climate change. If Putin wanted to destroy democracy in Europe, and he does, back in 2015, he couldn't have picked a better strategy. Odds are, though, he was just trying to protect his deep water ports. But it wasn't until the crisis developed that he realized how he could exploit it to overthrow liberal democracies in the European Union. The way it's played out gives us a glimpse into our future and the future of democratic republics all across the world as the global climate emergency and the refugee crisis associated with it grows more severe over the next few years. The current crisis for Europe began in 2010 and ironically started with global climate change. The fall of that year saw unusually severe rainfall across the wheat-growing parts of Canada, cutting that nation's wheat harvest, along with drought across Russia, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, and China. A La Nina caused crop failures in Argentina and Peru. Worldwide prices of staple foods, particularly wheat, exploded. On December 17th of that year, a street vendor in Tunisia, Mohamed Bouzizi, set himself on fire to protest the high cost of the wheat he needed to make the foods he and his peers sold and the harassment of police against their protests. It sparked what we referred to then as the Arab Spring that lasted through most of 2011. The steady warming and drought in that area, though, never let up, and the desert in North Africa relentlessly continued to eat up millions of acres of food-producing land, particularly across Syria. By 2015, it had pushed over a million Syrian subsistence subsistence farmers off their land that had desertified and into Syria's cities, particularly Damascus and Aleppo. Northern Africa became the world's number one food importer, and the prices kept rising relentlessly. Newly homeless, hungry, and destitute, these Syrian farmers began demonstrations in the streets demanding food, shelter, and employment or welfare payments from the Syrian government. Bashar al-Assad being a psychopathic dictator, ordered his troops to fire live ammunition into the crowds in 2012 and 2013, and soon a full-blown revolt was on. Rebels seized Syria's largest city, Aleppo, in early 2013. Syria was also the base for Russia's Mediterranean fleet, with multiple deep-water ports that Putin believed were critical to his nation's military defense. By 2015, he had a dozen battleships there, along with submarines and other warships. He had to prevent the the Assad government from falling or risk an Arab Spring democracy emerging, as happened for a short while in Tunisia and Egypt, that might align itself with the West and kick Russia out. Making a long story short, Putin bombed the crap out of Syria on Assad's behalf, virtually leveling the city of Aleppo, killing hundreds of thousands of civilians. It was one of the worst war crimes of this century, almost as deadly as George W. Bush's brutal and criminal invasions and occupation of Iraq and Afghanistan. Millions of climate and war refugees fled the country, joining Bush's war fugitives, making their way into Europe by any means possible. Thus began Europe's refugee crisis, which just helped bring down Holland's government. In two weeks, it may well cause the right-wing, fascist-aligned, anti-immigrant People's Party to come to power in the Spanish elections on July 23rd. As the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, the UNHCR, noted in a 2021 report, quote, 
By the end of 2016, nearly 5.2 million refugees and migrants reached European shores, undertaking treacherous journeys from Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, and other countries torn apart by war and persecution. This flood of brown-skinned Muslims fleeing Africa and Middle Eastern climate change and wars into Europe over the past decade is why Italy and Sweden now have right-wing leaders. Why Viktor Orban was able to gain and hold power in Hungary with his promise to build a wall along Hungary's southern border, a promise he kept, by the way. And why right-wing parties are today growing so rapidly in Germany, Greece, and France. When Russia intervened in British politics to tear apart the EU, their trolls' main Facebook pitch for Brexit was that those people the EU had let in were now making their way to the UK. While every country in the world can accept refugees in small numbers without crisis, when other people begin showing up in large numbers, the response by every nation in history typically tends toward right-wing nationalism and xenophobia and obsession with borders and demands for racial, cultural, and religious purity. Here in North America, we're seeing a similar dynamic. Reagan so severely destabilized Central America and Venezuela with his sanctions, illegal Iran-Contra program, and support for right-wing death squads that those nations never recovered. In the years since, climate change has bit these weakened governments deep, forcing millions of subsistence farmers, just like in Syria, but here mostly from hard-hit Guatemala, off land that once grew crops but is now, just a few years later, scrub desert. Exploiting the climate refugee crisis on America's southern border, Republican politicians have spent the years since Obama's election in 2008 claiming that Democrats had thrown the border open, producing thousands of false news stories that have drawn even more refugees toward the United States. Compounding that, Trump launched his 2016 campaign on keeping brown people out of the United States, and today racism and xenophobia form the foundation of most Republican political campaigns, you know, when they aren't hating on queer people or women. The result of these trends has been a worldwide shift to the right. As Freedom House noted in a 2022 report, over 60 countries experienced declines in democracy the previous year. Only about 20% of people worldwide now live in free nations. Quote, Global freedom faces a dire threat. Authoritarian regimes have become more effective at co-opting or circumventing the norms and institutions meant to support basic liberties and to provide aid to those who wish to do the same. The global order is nearing a tipping point, and if democracy's defenders do not work together to help guarantee freedom for all people, the authoritarian model will prevail. End quote. So far, the Western world's refugee crisis has been mostly driven by massive policy errors and outright war crimes. Russia's response to the Syrian farmers, the U.S. invasion and destruction of Iraq and Afghanistan, and American meddling in Central America and Venezuela. But all have been either triggered or exacerbated by the worldwide climate emergency. And as we can see from this summer's worldwide weather, that emergency is building at a rate far more rapid than even most alarmist climate scientists were predicting just a decade ago. Recent projections show that within the just, just the next two decades, as many as three billion people could be fleeing areas that will soon only marginally support human life. As equatorial regions become uninhabitable, the mostly dark-skinned people living there will be migrating north and south into areas controlled by lighter-skinned people, in numbers that will make today's Syrian 
Iraq and Afghan refugee crisis look like a statistical blip. It will put worldwide white supremacist and Nazi movements into hyperdrive. In addition to acting immediately to mitigate climate change and green the world's economy, the free nations of the world must harden our democracies against reactive right-wing violence and hate-based racist political movements. That will require radically reducing the Supreme Court-gifted political power of big money here in America, particularly from the fossil fuel industry and the billionaires it has created, and returning that power and wealth to the hard-hit majority. The Democratic Party in America is increasingly committed to this, but Republicans and the dozens of billionaires in their camp are prepared to spend heretofore unimaginable sums to keep climate deniers and race baiters in office. We must also hit those, help those nations most hard hit by the warming, caused largely by our climate pollution, to deal with their own refugees internally, lest they irrecoverably destabilize first their own governments and then ours. To paraphrase JFK, we are not helpless before this task, but it will require Western and American media and political systems to take on these three crises, climate change, the refugees it produces, and politicians who demagogue the issue while blocking forward progress. Now, we are quite literally out of time.